So glycans are a dynamic biomarker. So my lifestyle decisions can change my glycans and in this way uh, modify my disease risk in the future. That is Gordon Lounce, and he is the chief science officer at Glycan Age. He's also a professor of molecular biology at the University of Zagreb. So here is the skinny. This is a technical scientific sort of look at aging, at age. How old are we on the inside? And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that there are lots of different ways to measure your biological age. You can do your inner age from inside tracker. You can take a look at telomeres. You can uh, use the Horvath clock. This is a brand new way. And here's why I think this is really breakthrough. You know, we're all wondering which of the lifestyle factors are going to keep us the youngest. Which matter most? Is it stress management? Is it our nutrition? Is it exercise? The short answer is kind of all of it matters, but you may be different than the person next to you, in which case perhaps stress management is more important to your longevity than nutrition, or maybe sleep, or all these other lifestyle factors. You have to know which of these things is the most important for you. And in order to do that, this way of measuring your glycans is a hack to figure that stuff out. So a couple more details. What is a glycan? It's a sugar molecule that surrounds and modifies proteins in your body. They, they respond to lifestyle choices and indicate the inflammatory state of your immune system, which in turn determines your biological age. This is super cutting edge, super interesting stuff. And we talk about what are the implications of this when it comes to performance? What are the implications of this when it comes to longevity? How can you live longer? Which of these things is perhaps most important for you to manage? Is it your nutrition? Is it your exercise? Pretty cool stuff. Uh, just a quick word to the wise. Uh, Gordon has a bit of an accent, so you may just want to keep it at regular speed. Uh, his dog, he's got a cool dog. His dog starts barking a little bit later in the episode, but it's not distracting. Uh, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. It is always my goal to bring to you just the best possible information, cutting edge stuff that you can toy around with. You can learn more about GlycanAge at glycanage.com, G-L-Y-C-A-N-A-G-E.com. If you want to learn more about what I do as a performance coach and life coach, go to seanmccormick.com. Follow me on Instagram at McCormick, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Wherever you are in the world, thank you so much for being here and choosing to listen to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Gordon Louts. Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. And we're here with Dr. Gordon Lautz. He's the chief scientist at Glycan Age, and he's a professor of molecular biology. Dr. Lautz, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Hi, thank you for the invitation. If you could explain what a glycan is, as if I was a third grader, how would you explain that? Yeah, so this is actually very difficult to explain in a simple way because glycans are very complicated. So I will just start by saying that glycans actually enabled us 
to become multicellular. So while we were bacteria, single cell organisms, it produced DNA and proteins. And to become multicellular, life had to invent glycans. So glycans are fine tuning of proteins. Proteins do all the work, but glycans actually enable them to do the work in the optimal way. So maybe you can compare it to the cheapest, oldest car you can imagine. It moves, but this is the maximum it can do. This is just a protein. And then if you make a glycoprotein, if you add glycans, then you have a fancy hypercar which can do magic on a road. So glycans actually optimize and regulate majority of processes which happen at the multicellular level. And one of the key things which glycan regulate is our immune system. Because you know, our immune system is keeping us alive for millions of years against all those viruses and bacteria, which are evolutionary much faster than us. They replicate in, in a matter of minutes. And we have a lifetime of decades. So we cannot fight against them using evolution and changing our genes, but we can fight them with our immune system, which is being fine-tuned by protein glycosylation. Hmm. Okay. So okay. it's not at the level of a three, third grade, but I, I think it's it's kind of understandable. Okay, let's go a little further. So, so what what is their what is their key mechanism? What 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 do they? Uh, so th- this is this is another extremely complicated element. So we all know that our proteins are encoded by genes. So we have a gene which codes for a protein, and glycans here enable a next level of complexity because glycans are encoded in a network of dozens or hundreds of genes, plus epigenetics, plus environment. So if some people have, um, call it a bad gene, they will have a higher risk of specific diseases or they would have kind of a better performance for uh, different type of muscles and so on. But this is genetic. This is something you cannot change while glycans integrate multiple genes, integrate epigenetic information, and integrate our metabolism into this biomarker which we can measure. So glycans are a dynamic biomarker. For example, if you read your genes, you have to do it once in your lifetime because they don't change. Your glycans, you can measure on, on not on a daily basis, but every few months, they could actually change depending on what you do. For example, if I lose weight, pro-inflammatory glycans in my body go down. If I gain weight, they go up and they drive inflammation. So my lifestyle decisions can change my glycans and in this way uh, modify my disease risk in the future. Hmm. So when the glycans are changing, what, what's actually happening to them? Are they becoming more efficient? So they're just becoming different. So uh, they're, because glycans are part of protein structure. And then depending on which glycan you attach to a protein, protein can bind to different receptors and then activate different branches of the immune system. And it's a regulatory process. It's, it's highly regulated with, with over 40 genes, at least for IgG glycosylation, which then balances information. So 
this complex genetic network decides whether in hemoglobulins we will put the glycan, which will be pro-inflammatory, and activate inflammation, kill the bacteria, or whatever we want to kill in our organism, or will it put the glycan, which will actually suppress inflammation. And then immunoglobulins will be suppressing inflammation, and then we won't have this low-grade chronic inflammation problem, which we often have, because we have to accept the fact that until maybe 100 years ago, average human lifespan was 30, 40 years. So there was no genetic pressure to keep us alive in our 50s, 60s, 70s. So we are not perfectly optimized to live so long. And one of the problems which happened when we live all longer is that this inflammation level is going up. And there is this whole theory of aging called inflammaging. Where as we are getting older, there is more inflammation, and then more inflammation is causing more damage and actually causing aging. And this um, inflammaging is something which is not directly correlated with your chronological age. So you can be relatively young, but still have very rapid inflammaging and rapid health deterioration, or you can be quite old and still have this inflammation under control. Mm. I like that term a lot. That's that's a new one on me. Inflammaging. That's I like that a lot. It does it does capture it, doesn't it? Yeah. So there is a lot of literature. It was uh, first uh, proposed by um, um, what's his name, Claudio Franceschi, an Italian scientist, very famous Italian scientist. And um, there are many people now studying these processes to see how you can actually regulate these inflammatory events, and by slowing down inflammation, also slow down aging at the molecular level. Yeah, I think I think that most of most of us know that that chronic inflammation uh, is is bad for us and ages us prematurely. Obviously, inflammation is is important for injury recovery, and there's you know so there's a need for it. But the the idea that that glycans can can shift in a way to to help manage inflammation and the immune system is really really it's really interesting one one question that i have is why don't more people know about glycans i mean you know the thing is actually many people know about glycans (laughs) sorry Uh, right (laughs) nowadays you know um you, you we have all heard about these um magic smart drugs which are now making up to 80% of the profit of the pharma industry. These are antibodies, which are really smart and they can cure cancer or do many different things. They're all glycosylated. And there is a whole new generation of these monoclonal drugs, which are glycoengineered, meaning pharma companies are developing novel methods to make antibodies, which will have proper glycans. And then these drugs are 100 to 500 times more effective than the same molecule which has the wrong glycans. So glycoengineering is a very big thing in the, in the pharma industry. But it's, the problem is that chemically, this is very complicated. Analytically, this is very challenging. And this is just a new field of science which is developing in the last few decades. And very soon, more people will know about glycans. And this became very evident in, in this COVID pandemics because 
at the beginning, even the director of NIH was showing the, the image of the S-glycoprotein. This is the spike protein, which is enabling the SARS-CoV-2 virus to bind to the cells without a single glycan. But it's a glycoprotein. It has sugar all around. And without understanding the importance of glycans, we cannot understand the function of the S-glycoprotein or, or, or the COVID or, or our, our immune system fight against the COVID. So I think glycans are going to become way more popular in the, in the next couple of years. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, you're right. <laughs> I guess for 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 dum dums like myself who are, you know, interested in biohacking and and familiar with uh, with these biomarkers that you know influence aging and 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 help us understand our our current uh, level of fitness or wellness or inflammation. But I guess you know in 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 the communities that I run in, uh, a glycan age. Uh, is is a is a novel concept, and I did some research, and I was trying to figure out where has this come up before, and it really seems like this is this is really cutting edge. That this is this is something. So, brand, yeah, you are completely right. So the majority of uh, physicians, the majority of scientists, still don't understand much about glycans because, as I said, this is a novel field. We have tools to reliably measure glycans for maybe. 15 years or so. So people who were educated more than 15 years ago don't know much about it. And uh, even, even people who now finish their uh, graduate education, many of them didn't learn about it. But for example, you have heard for the blood groups, of course, ABO blood groups, they're glycans. So chemical structure of A, B, and O blood groups are different glycans attached to our cells. So there are many things are glycans. You just don't call them that name. I see. I see. Uh, so how is it that, that we can look to glycans as a biomarker to understand um, things like our, our immune system effectiveness or, you know, metabolic flexibility and inflammation? How does that, how does that work? So, my lab actually pioneered this hydroglycomics. We were the first to start doing large studies on humans. And so far, we analyzed over 150,000 people, people from a different uh, clinical epidemiological cohorts. And we were first just looking how people are different. And we see different people have different glycans. And then we learned that these glycans change a lot with age. That Younger people have one type of glycans and older people have another type of glycans. And we published it in 2013, actually on the very same day when Steve Horvath published his uh, epigenetic clock on the 10th of uh, December. Unbelievable, on the same day, these two clocks were published. And uh, later we learned that Steve's epigenetic clock is way more accurate if it, you want to predict your chronological age. But you know, I don't need a biomarker to tell me my chronological age. And we learned that the difference between the glycan age and the chronological age is actually explained by the lifestyle. So if you live a healthy lifestyle, well, not all of it, but big part of it, at least half of it is explained by lifestyle. So if you live a healthy lifestyle, your glycan age increases slowly than if you live an unhealthy 
lifestyle. So uh, unfortunately at the moment, if we just measure glycans, we cannot say the, the cause while somebody has this higher level of pro-inflammatory glycans. But what we can do, for example, if you are trying some kind of intervention, if you are testing a new supplement, you're testing a new diet, you're testing a new exercise regime, then we can measure it now and after three months and after six months and see how does it work for you. For example, when we started large intervention studies, maybe three or four years ago, our initial idea was, okay, let's get people in a gym, they exercise more, they become healthier, and their glycan age will improve. And actually what happened, we realized that we were actually pushing people too hard. And if you overtrain, you're actually, your glycan age becomes worse. Huh. And this especially happens if you do it to the middle-aged people. So if it, usually people start thinking about their health in their late 30s, in the 40s, because you know, when you're young, you, know, you don't think about your health, you're healthy. When you get older, you start thinking, and then people start training. And for decades, we were educated that you just have to sweat out all the junk food that you eat and that you will be fine. And, and this is not correct. And we have seen that people who just exercise too much actually become more pro-inflammatory. Hmm. And when, when you think more about it, you know, professional athletes are old in their 30s. So you cannot expect that too much physical activity will be good. So what we have learned, of course, you need physical activity because without physical activity, you won't be healthy, but you also need relaxation. Your, your, your muscles need to relax, your metabolism have to compensate for all the effort. So only with, by optimizing training and relaxation, you can get beneficial effects. And this is very individual. So you cannot have a universal program or even universal diet for everybody. We did a nice experiment, uh, maybe it was a few years ago, so there was a large European project. They, have, they had 1,000 people on five different diets. So everybody was on a low-calorie diet for two months. And then we measured glycans before and after. And on a low-calorie diet, your glycans become younger. You, your immune system is kind of becoming more, less pro-inflammatory. And then they put people on five different diets. And on each of the diets, some people improved. Hmm. Some people got worse. So you cannot give the same diet to everybody. We are genetically different. We are, well, our microbiome is different. And one has to find what actually works for each of us. And advantage of glycan age as, as a test is that it actually reacts to this uh, intervention. Because all other tests which are currently available, including the epigenetic tests, they don't really respond to intervention. Maybe the new one, which Steve, with which um, David Sinclair is now promoting, but I haven't seen it in, in action yet, might be responding to intervention. But for example, the classical Steve uh, Horvath clock or even the green clock, they don't really respond well to intervention. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So as we look at the different, you know, one thing, I want to go back to one thing that you said about, you know, 
uh, glycan performance is half explained by lifestyle. What's the other half? It's genetics and partly epigenetics. So uh, heritability is, is a measure how similar we are to our parents. And we were studying uh, 6,000 twins together with a team specter in, in London. So by comparing the, the twin pairs, both uh, monozygotic and dizygotic, so identical twins and non-identical twins, we could see how much of the difference is explained by genetics and how much is explained by the environment. And glycans, depending on, on a structure, are between 30 and 70% defined by our genes. So on average, something like 50% of our glycan composition is genetic. So my parents were like that, and now I am like that. And the other half is something which we can modify with, with the way we live, including diet, stress, uh, exercise, sleep, all the things which we know are important. But the problem is, you know, in our current lifestyle, we cannot live in an optimal way. Hmm. It's very difficult to have diet, exercise, stress, sleep, all under control. And this is why people usually give up. They say, you know, I just can't do it. I live the way I can live. But if, if each of us could find an area where it is the most important to focus, hmm. it could be maybe that. For me, it's that. Uh, the only thing I have to think about is not eating that extra cookie, which I like to eat. Uh, but for some other people, it could be more training, could be more sleep. And then it's easier to focus on only one thing. And the other very important thing is, usually, it is so difficult to make a decision, which will be rewarded after several decades. You know, why would I do something today? if the reward will come in 20, 30 years. <laughs> and it's very hard to motivate. You can always do it tomorrow or next week or next Monday. But if there is something which is tracking me, even these stupid devices, you know, this thing is giving me stars and, and, and yeah. So even this is helping, you know, oh, you did it again. You, you were standing for, I don't know, 12 hours or what. The same idea is behind glycanage. So if... I'm tracking myself every few months. So if I'm doing something good, I see my glycanage going in a good direction. If I, um, usually when I have too much work under stress, then I even eat too much, then it goes up. And then I say, okay, this is not good. You have to stop doing that because it's going in the wrong direction. And then I try a little bit harder and then I see it going down again. And then that makes me happy. So it gives kind of a feedback in, in a real time. Hmm. And in 20 years when it's actually too late to change anything. Hmm. So uh, that, that's really interesting to me that this is a, this is a new, this is a new idea. This awareness that, Hey, for you, Sean, uh, stress management is going to be a more important focus for you than your diet. And that that idea is really interesting, really compelling, because you're right. People are overwhelmed by, oh, I've got to do all of these things. I've got to sleep right. I got to manage stress. I got to eat right. I got to move. So, 
can you are are you suggesting that that the that the performance of our glycans can help us each of us uh, focus which sort of lifestyle factors will have the greatest impact, or are you suggesting that it's good to test one by one uh, each of those lifestyle factors and see how that affects our glycans? So for the moment, the only thing we can do is test one by one. This is, for example, what I was doing. So, uh, for example, a couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with this obstructive sleep apnea. So I was thinking, okay, if I took, take care of my sleep, if I sleep properly, my glycans will get better. It didn't. Mm. And I said, okay, I'm a little bit overweight. So I'm going to exercise like crazy. So I was hiking 20 kilometers in the mountains every day for a few months. And I did not get better. So I, of course, I was more fit. I, I lost weight. But you know, my feet were hurting all the time. You know, I was definitely overtraining. And my glycanate showed that. So despite losing weight and, and uh, exercising a lot, my glycanate did not improve. But when I was exercising moderately and losing weight, then my glycanate would improve. So for me, it's, it's that. We have seen other people who improve the best by just modifying the stress level, but just starting to kind of be, do this stress management and they improved. So they could eat, but if they control stress, it's fine. Other people had problems with sleep. They only had to fix their sleep problem and the things were getting better. So we cannot tell upfront what will work, but definitely in, in a few months, we can see what actually works. That's fascinating to me. That that that's a that's a new that's a new idea that I think people can can get excited about because again, it is overwhelming. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. The the potential for simplifying modifications to lifestyle by testing the performance of your glycans is really, really interesting. I'm just trying to wrap my brain around what that would mean for people who are fed up and 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 either do nothing because they're overwhelmed or they overtrain and they over you know yeah so that's really interesting overtraining overtraining is a big issue yeah for example when we as I said initially when we were just doing research we were thinking training is the way to do it. So we were collaborating with, um, with many gyms, with um, our faculty of kinesiology and so on. And then we found that the most of these professional trainers were actually bad. They all look older because they all overtrained. Until we started to work with the people who do this high interval, uh, high intensity interval training, they are fine. And, and, Obviously, there are ways to exercise in a smarter way. And this is something, this test is something what can actually help people. And many trainers were angry. They were not happy, of course, because this is what they do and they want to continue doing it. But some of them, there are a couple of them, like uh, Chris Gettin and and some other people who do this more... um, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle transformation. It's not only just, you know, spending the entire day in the gym. And, and there is a way. 
So it, it, it's doable, but it's, it's not easy, of course, because changing yourself is always the most difficult thing. But what, what I like about this uh, glycan age, and you know, I, I'm subjective, of course, I treat it as my baby. And I, but it's, it's really good because it gives you feedback about the things you cannot see in the mirror. So, you know, it, it's somebody measuring what is going on within you. And on the other hand, there is a lot of science saying that these molecules which are being measured are actually molecules doing the damage. So it's not that it's just some kind of um, biomarker, then you don't know what exactly it means. And this is currently actually the biggest problem in the field of epigenetics, because, um, well, I, I love epigenetics, and I think Steve Horvath is doing the great things. But the problem is there, there is a number of commercial companies which are now selling the epigenetic test, and they're not telling what are they actually measuring. They're just saying it's done on the basis of the Steve Horvath test. Mm. But Steve was measuring 300,000 CPG sites and then selecting 300 and I think 73 of them. So um, it's not the same thing. So we have on the market 10 epigenetic tests and you cannot compare them. And something what is changing one maybe not be affecting another one because you don't know what is actually being measured while for glycans, you know that the molecules which we are measuring are actually doing the damage. Wow. You're blowing my mind here. I'm, uh, this is really interesting because it, it, seems, to be, it seems to be more accessible. Uh, it seems to be easier to implement. And so I guess I'd love to now dig into the, the process of, of how glycanage works. Um, what walk us through how someone uh, would go through the process of, of, of getting tested and then going through the, uh, the care too. Yep. So I, I'm not personally involved, so I hope I won't do anything, uh, say anything wrong, but in principle, there is a website, glycanage.com, where one can go and then there are different models of either buying a simple single test or buying a kind of a subscription, which comes with a one, two, I think up to four tests per year. And the test is simple. The, there is a box for sample collection, which is being shipped by mail. It's just a finger prick. So you prick your finger, collect a few drops of blood, mail it back to the lab. Then it does take some time to get this analyzed. It's, when it, it is in the lab, it's two weeks. And it's being done in my lab. So I, I know this analytical part. And, uh, but because of the logistics, you have to mail it, ship it, and so on. It's usually around four weeks to get the result. And I think in most of these um, packages, which Glycanage is selling, there's also an introductory half-hour uh, consultation with a specialist, which can help a client um, direct where to go, maybe link the client with some of the partners who do these lifestyle interventions. It, it depends because also there are some um, clinical partners which are selling the test. And then if, if a clinical partner is selling the test, then the glycanage is not offering this consultation part. Yeah. Then consultation goes with, uh, with this clinical partner. And I think there are now over hundred clinics all around the world which are offering this test. 
which might sound a lot, but you know, for the world, hundred is nothing. Yeah, right. And and then you have your personal dashboard where you can log in, see all your results, see how it is going up and down. And there's also more because like an age is just one number. So this is the, the ultimate simplification of the glycom. Just give one number. And then there are, the next level is, there are three key indexes, which some of them are, two are uh, good, one is bad. And then you can track them independently because different type of intervention can change different aspects. These are different glycon structures. And then there's also entire, we call them the glycom. So the, the 22 or 24 structures, depending what we look at, which is giving each individual glycans a value. So you can say you have this much of this glycan and this much of that glycan, which is also very important because although glycan age is uh, registered as a non-diagnostic test, it's being sold as a test of biological age, which is not a medical thing because age is not a disease. But there is a lot of research showing that, for example, one of these glycans is a very good predictor of uh, heart attack and stroke. Oh, wow. So you cannot, you cannot, of course, directly use it as a diagnostic predictor because this is not registered as a diagnostic test. But your healthcare provider, your, your physician or somebody working with, with, uh, with you can, can look at the number and tell you what it means. And then, if you, of course, if you can improve this structure, which is known to be associated with the future heart attacks, you know that you have done something good. Hmm. And then once you have identified and you have the number of the different, uh, are, are, do you consider each of the 22 to 24, are those, you just consider those different ages of those no, specific no, glycans? Are, these are specific glycan structures. So structures. All structures. And based on the composition, the, the ratios of these different structures, then we model this glycan age because glycan age is a modeled number. You know, there is no, um, often people ask me, how do you know that this uh, number is accurate? And I tell them, you know, there is no accuracy in a, in a biological age because there is no golden standard. Right. You know, you cannot say what is and what is not accurate. But what we know is that these molecules which are, we are measuring are actually doing the damage. So, or doing good. So if you have these bad glycans, if you have high glycan age, we know this is not good because these molecules are promoting low-grade chronic inflammation. If you have a good glycan age, we know this is good because these molecules are suppressing low-grade chronic inflammation. And uh, what is the absolute number is not that relevant because if you remember, half of it is genetic, which you cannot change. So maybe you're just unlucky and then you are five years or maybe even 10 years older than your chronological age. But the, the, the dynamics is important. If you are now going down, this is great. So if your pace of aging is decreasing, this is great. Or if even if you're going down with age, it's great. If you're rapidly accelerating, and for example, this is something what happens with women when they approach menopause. So the perimenopause is a period when the, the glycan age of women go rapidly up. And then you know changes are happening and these changes are not good. So you try to compensate and then use something to fix it. 
So as someone understands their their overall glycan age, but then maybe they identify that one one specific glycan which is associated with with early heart disease uh then is the process for them to isolate one lifestyle factor to see if that improves and lowers that glycan age and then they iterate and iterate well this is still the future so this is the idea how we would like to see it in the future but we still haven't done enough research to go into all the mechanisms to change all these individual glycans. So for now, I think the only thing people can realistically do at the moment is focus on this uh, glycan age index, which is kind of a composite index of, uh, call it the ratio of good and bad, and then try to make it lower with time. So if your glycan age is good, meaning you are younger than your chronological age, in principle, we say, you know, you're doing the good work, keep doing, check in a few years again. If you are um, bad, meaning your glycan age is much older, then I think it's time to start thinking what you can change in your lifestyle. And often people say, you know, I'm afraid to know. You know, I don't want to know whether my glycan age is older or not. And then I usually say, you know, but that, that's not really smart. Because if you are doing something wrong, it's good to get an early warning. Because often we start thinking only when it is too late. So when, when we get a heart attack, when we get a stroke, where we get diabetes or we become seriously ill, then we start thinking, what can I do to fix it? But most often, this is beyond the point of no return. Hmm. So once when something completely decompensates, it's very hard to fix it. While the disease, it's not that you are healthy today and sick tomorrow. This is, you only learn when you get a diagnosis that you are sick. But this is molecular process, which usually takes a decade or so. So if you catch these molecular changes early, then by, by simple lifestyle change, losing extra weight, exercising a bit, you can prevent or even or at least postpone diseases. So the idea is if your glycan age is bad, it is great that you learned this on time. Yeah. So you can start doing something to improve it and, and you don't have to wait for the disease to develop. Because, for example, we know that the glycan age changes years before people develop hypertension. Hmm. And you can see you're going in that direction. It also changes years before people develop some kind of inflammatory disease like rheumatoid arthritis or inflammatory bowel disease. And then by seeing that you are on a wrong path, you can do something still on time. So I yeah. think it's, it's a very good early warning signal and, and it's, uh, it's not smart to, to ignore it. Yeah, I, I, can see, I can see this being really useful for people who don't see their blind spots 
right? Like the example that you gave of people who are overtraining, you may have very low body fat, uh, great resting heart rate, lean and strong, but if you're stressed out all the time and that's not manageable and your sleep isn't that great, you may think, well, externally, I look really fit. I, you know, I'm strong. I could go all day, but I, I, I mentally super stressed. Uh, then the glycan age will say might, might actually identify that say, well, there's, there's some things you need to work on because I think for folks, and, and, and I'm thinking about my audience now, the people who, you know, they've, they've done inside tracker, uh, or maybe they've, you know, they've tried a continuous glucose monitor, or they've done blood work that, that informs some of their, um, some of their health. But if, if they're overtraining or overdoing it, then they might not know that any other way um, than understanding their glycan age and, and really understanding that sort of inflammatory action that's happening inside their bodies. And then they can make some changes. That's really interesting. What? Uh, yeah. So glycan age and glycans, immunoglobulin glycans, are definitely giving additional set of information, which we cannot get with the regular blood test or any kind of other measurements we can do. They do correlate with many other things, but they add information on top of that. For example, we did a large cohort study with a, with a group in Germany. They collected 27,000 people 30 years ago. They collected samples and they were following them up. And then they knew who will develop diabetes, who will have a heart attack, who will have a stroke. And by measuring glycans, only glycans on IgG, this provided as much information as entire uh, American Heart Association uh, risk score, this AHA score. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of data in these numbers which can be uh, uh, extracted from the IgG glycum. This is still not in, in routine diagnostics, but eventually it will be. So IgG glycum will become a routine part of, of, of the blood work which people will do when they go to, to the hospital, it will take years. It, it take, this uh, field of uh, clinical chemistry is very, very traditional. It changes very slowly, but this is definitely an important part of information. It is not everything. For example, it does not correlate very much with, um, with oxidative stress. So oxidative oh. stress, mitochondria, it's something completely different. So these things don't con correlate too much. Also the, the metabolome, so people measuring metabolome, this does not correlate too much. Huh. It does correlate with the, with the microbiome. So the changes in microbiome affect the glycans. And also this uh, low-grade chronic inflammation. So everything which is measuring low-grade chronic inflammation, like some kind of a cytokines, they do correlate hmm. with, with glycans and IgG. Give me an idea of how do you see the future of this tool being used? Can you elaborate a little bit more about glycan age specifically and the, and the importance of it? So uh, the glycan age, the way it is defined at the moment, it will stay a non-diagnostic test because it is predicting a biological age. And I think people will use it in uh, outside of the hospital setting to kind of monitor themselves to see how rapidly are they aging? So to, to see the effects of a lifestyle on their biology. In parallel, 
we are also doing this uh, IgG glycosylation profiling, which is the same type of measurement. We are trying to develop it as a diagnostic test for different diseases. The, this will take probably up to a decade to become widely available because the instruments are not available as, as uh, diagnostic instruments in, in, in hospitals. So we are working together with the instrument manufacturers to develop these instruments into diagnostic tools, but eventually this will become a part of a regular blood work, which will then both guide some kind of a therapy and also disease management and so on. But th th this is future. For, for today, it's a, it's a test you can do to learn a little bit more about yourself and to have this, um, we like to call it the navigator of healthy aging, to have something which will give you objective insight what is going on. Because as you mentioned, you know, the, the body fat, even, even the resting heart rate, this is not everything. These are just parts of the, of the entire equation. Yeah, I, I, I share your vision for, it's a big part of this podcast is, as the name implies, the future of, of health optimization has to be custom, uh, has to be in real time. You know, it has to be specific to the individual because there's just too many variables to account for. And uh, so it's, it's, it's encouraging. It's encouraging to me because this is, this is a novel, a very novel idea, at least, at least, I mean, you eat, breathe and sleep this, but for, for a guy like me, just learning about it, uh, it it's encouraging because it, 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 it's, it's another, it's another tool. And this, to me, sort of sounds like a a a, a higher level uh, higher level assessment, a higher level test. You know that that you know it affects everything. Is that is that safe to say? Well, it is. Uh, it integrates a lot of information. It integrates genetics, epigenetics, and environment. So in this way, yes, it is kind of a top level uh, test. Of course. You know, the glycom is exceedingly complex. We are now measuring only the immunoglobulin glycos. So one protein and glycos on this single protein. There's much more in a glycom than this single test what we are currently doing. So um, one cannot expect too much from this single test. There will be way more things in the future. And also we work on other proteins and we do develop other things. But Yes, it is um, kind of, um, well, I think the best way would be it's, um, it's just another way of quantifying what is going on in objective way. You can measure your um, body mass, you can measure your oxygen consumption, you can measure your heart rate, and you can measure your IgG glycom, which at the moment in the simplest way it's a glycan age, a little bit more complicated. As we learn more, it will be these three indexes, which we call the G0, G2, and S, which are the components of the structure. Eventually, it will be each structure. We will know what it does. And I think that the, the biggest value is to have this data longitudinally for yourself. You know, Track yourself, see, OK, I did this. For example, um, people who have a severe COVID, 
they age up to a decade in, in a couple of weeks, which then can recover. But for some people, it stays older, while people who have a mild COVID, they don't change. So it's, a, it, it's the way how our body responds to different challenges, including the, the challenges we do all the time, which I think the worst thing we do is food. Yeah, right. Yeah, the example on the website homepage about a long COVID sufferer, um, can, you, can you maybe elaborate a little bit more about how, how those two are linked? So this is very hard to say at the moment because it's ongoing research. Right. But what we know, and this is not only for COVID, we have seen this also, for example, for influenza, even for pneumonia, is that our immune system responds to different challenges. And for example, you can have a viral pneumonia and you can have a bacterial pneumonia. And these are very different because the molecular mechanisms of bacteria and viruses are different and different branches of our immune system are used to fight them. And then the glycom responds in a way to tune the antibodies either to attack the viruses or bacteria. Hmm. And then we see these changes on the level of the IgG glycom. We still have troubles interpreting all these changes because this is all very complicated. So the only thing we can see now are some kind of correlations. For example, we see people who had severe COVID had a lot of changes. People with mild COVID did not. What does it really mean? We still don't know. Hmm. Interesting, yeah. What, what, what should everybody know as we, as we kind of head towards the end of, end of our, our conversation here? Um, what's, what's one thing about, about glycans or, or about glycan age or about the service that, that you've created that, that really could be meaningful for people? If you could just sort of simplify, like, why, why should people care? So I think the key thing is that the, the molecules which are measured to determine the glycan age are these glycans which regulate our immune system. So they're not just biomarkers. They're actually functional effectors which regulate the immune system and contribute to disease development. Uh, we analyzed over 100,000 people, but we still don't know everything, of course. And we will know more with time. But by starting collecting this data now, and as I mentioned, they, uh, the glycan age gives the entire, the raw data to, to the customers. So you will get all these numbers accurately measured with the state-of-the-art technology, which you can see how they change with, with what you do with your lifestyle. And we know which molecules promote inflammation, we know which molecules suppress inflammation. And we know that this low-grade inflammation is bad. So you can kind of get early warning whether something what you are doing in your life is actually doing harm to you. Hmm. And it, it could be a single food. It could be something which you are eating which is causing problems. It could be a minor dental issue, which is 
continuously causing some kind of inflammation, which is having effect on your entire body. It could be something which you are completely ignoring and it could have a long lasting effects. Hmm. So this is definitely something which, which provides valuable information. Uh, Glycanage is a company or nobody in the world uh, is not a magician which can solve all the problems and nobody can know exactly why something is good or not. But people who think about themselves can do their own research. You know, you can test on yourself what works for you because there is no standard human. No, there is no standard diet which should be recommended to everybody. There is no standard lifestyle. There is no number of hours one could have to sleep. It's individual. And to learn what is best for us, we have to somehow quantify the effects. And this is one of the best tools at the moment which can actually give you feedback. Hmm. Well said, well said. Well, super fascinating. I, you know, it, 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 it's, it's clear how complex this is uh, scientifically. Uh, and I, I want to do some more reading on it. I'm going to, I'm going to keep digging into this because it's fascinating to me. And, and for a guy who kind of prides himself on, you know, the latest tests and the biomarking tool, the biohacking tools and so forth to be, to be exposed to this now is cool because I can definitely see where this is going. Um, uh, before I ask the final question, which is a fill in the blank, uh, where would you direct people to go? Uh, where can they take action? So the, the easiest place is glycanage.com, the website where you can get all the information. And if, if it's a biohacking community that we are talking to now, I think this is the, the best place to go because people who are already trying to do something we are just giving them more information. If somebody needs guidance, there is a number of clinics which offer this test as a part of the package. Because you know what we managed to persuade a number of uh, physicians is that you know this test is proving that what you are doing is working. Hmm. And, and we already have a number of partners which are now really confident because their clients became 10, 20 years younger in, in, in uh, maybe nine months or 12 months of therapy. So if you need help, there are professional places where you can get guidance. But for people who are still just experimenting, it's just go to the website, get a test and, and keep tracking yourself. Awesome. I love it. So this is a fill in the blank question. And this can be based on anything that you know to be true. In, in your experience as, um, as a scientist, as a researcher, um, but please fill in the blank. You can elaborate as much or as little as you wish. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Uh, <laughs> composition of their IgG glycome because it's um, not many people know about it. Even many physicians don't know about it, but at least pharma companies are now fixing their drugs to have appropriate glycum to make them more effective. Uh, wrong glycans can make you ill. Good IgG glycans, for example, can solve the problems with, uh, with allergies, with inflammatory diseases. If you can suppress inflammation with your immunoglobulins, you can 
you can actually heal some of the diseases. So one of the big projects we have is to trying to develop drugs which could actually fix IgG glycosylation because you know for now we are changing them with a the lifestyle which is a healthy way but the people like pills so maybe one day we'll have a pill you take a pill you fix your IgG glycom and you don't have to worry about the lifestyle so the, the, this is far in the future but for now I think that this is important part of information which people don't have at the moment and they can get it and they can learn more about themselves because this is what we are all trying. We are trying to understand ourselves and see how we can function in an optimal way. I love it. I, I want to get mine tested. Maybe we can do a follow-up uh, in three or six months and I can get my mind tested and make some modifications. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, this has been very eye-opening, very informative. Uh, it's exciting, you know, some of the, some of the concepts and potentials for the application of, of this test and, and this awareness, I think it could really make a difference for people. So uh, Dr. Louts, thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you for hosting me. It was a pleasure.